0: what is up everyone my guest this week was born and raised in zimbabwe and then moved to south africa to attend college at university of Johannesburg. he explains the cultural differences from his upbringing compared to living in indiana now Uh, we talk about a shared passion of cooking and love for food we answer some fan submitted questions as well as discuss our friendship so please welcome one of the most joyful individuals i know kz All right, there we go. What's up, man?
1: Nothing much, Jason. What did I do?
0: Okay, I'm just gonna start with this. Hit me with the birth name real quick because I remember when I met you, <laughs> you didn't give me the full name, and then I saw your business card. And I'm like, this is this is gonna be a challenge.
2: Yep.
1: So okay. the name is Kuzaiyushichenko.
0: Oh, uh, I guess that's not as that's not that bad.
1: It's not. It's a little
0: tongue twister, but not
1: that bad. No. Um, something like Tamsang, you know,
0: that's a, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I just remember man, when, it, you know? when we, when we first met, it was, um, March Madness basketball at the garage. Yep. And it was raining that weekend and you, at the time you were at the hotel and you were walking around with a Bluetooth speaker <laughs> <laughs> Listening to music Because anywhere you were hopping a bartend, yeah, I mean, You're like, no man, we need music to keep this going I'm like, okay, I dig this I dig this energy
1: True, I remember that too We had, we had fun too That 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 much midness week
0: Well, it was like It was supposed to be nice because of the weather And everything, and then it just rained that whole weekend Until Sunday And Sunday it was like True. actually yeah. pretty decent um, but, I, but I
1: mean like when When it wasn't raining We had so much
0: fun oh yeah, yeah. it was I nice i enjoyed that well it's a dope setup because you have these huge jumbotrons and speakers everywhere and then carts that are serving beer and then you they have
1: oh my pills too
0: oh yeah yeah you, you like this chain
1: <laughs> i know man i got the <laughs> duck tooth i don't know if you can see it
0: i've been i see it i've been actually working on uh getting like video uploaded And whatnot. so I'll either do it for this episode Or like the next one there's a different platform I was thinking of using to kind of like Help with some quality That would be cool
1: though Yeah
0: Um, Oh man But yeah thanks for the chain man I appreciate it Thanks for the recognition So let me just start off with um, Last time I saw you was at the garage And my friend Logan was actually there And she asked a pretty I think obvious question Um she said I noticed your accent is, isn't from the Midwest. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that's a good that's a good guess there. Um yeah. okay, so you're from you're from South Africa.
1: Mhm.
0: Okay. I was and... born in
1: Zimbabwe, grew up in South Africa and then moved from South Africa to the US.
0: Okay, so how long were you in Zimbabwe for?
1: Um I kind of go back and forth but until I think when 2009 ish, like final move was 2000 I think 2009.
0: Okay. And then you went to South Africa. Mm-hmm. So what was it? What was life like in Zimbabwe? It was quite interesting.
1: Yeah. It
2: was
1: quite interesting. Yeah. interesting. They're the, a the world country, you know, so. I mean, I don't really believe in this whole first world, third world, but we know it exists, right? But, um, yeah, Zim is a little bit challenging because it was under the dictatorship of Robert Mugabe for a while. So politically speaking, the country was just in, has just been in the weeds like, ever since uh, independent. Well, not independent, but roughly after independence. So it was a challenge.
0: Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and then what made you want to move to South Africa?
1: My sister had just moved there for university, and my aunt was just kind of going back and forth, so that's why I would kind of go. And then um, I just wanted to be close to my sister, so I was like, right.
2: you know what, yeah, sure, I'll go, I'll go to school
1: there, you know, be close to my sister because me and my sister we never we never stayed together from. Like and when my parents divorced, okay, so it was about like two years old, right? So that took my sister stayed with me, a different aunt, and my other aunt, my mom's sister, sister took care of me. But her husband was the police officer at that I still was.
2: Okay, uh,
0: uh yeah. Go uh, ahead. <clears throat> oh, I was gonna say, so what, like, what, how, how. I mean obviously it's a completely different culture over there compared to America. Um uh, like what, what are some things out there that, that are are um can you describe some of the differences, I guess I would say. Uh tongue twisting languages, I guess. <laughs> okay, that's a good that's probably a good one that would that would stand out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um and there's like different traditions that each culture has, you know, so South Africa has about 12 registered languages. Right. And each language is kind of more of a tribe with a tradition to, uh, Zimbabwe also has, what, five registered languages.
2: You said five? Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: It's English, Shonan, Devele. Language, which some of these ones, they're yeah, like dialects from Sean. Okay. You know I'm saying? So it's like some of the languages are almost like dialects each other. So you can pretty much kind of understand each other, but a Shona person can really speak with the developed person in both their native language. Unless okay. if the person understands both language, If
2: okay. that makes sense. Yeah, you know no, no. Yeah.
1: And your communities are raised, uh, like you're raised with people who are both, you know different languages and they're from different tribes. So I think the community events of you know, people just coming together
0: is much more
2: different than here.
0: Okay. Is there, are there like divisions among some of those different communities because of like the language? Oh yeah. For sure.
1: I mean, yeah. only. Yeah fight, right? it so was survival of the fetus, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But but there is some tension definitely between certain tribes. There's some game, you know, we started this whole uh, uprising for people's freedom, and stuff like that. But like in South Africa, majority of the big tribe is the Zulu tribe, which is also known to be violent. Because uh, that's just who they are uh then Swana people they're laid back that if they need to lay down the law they will lay down uh you a lot of people that's what they normally hear Possa language. Okay. As as click. So they are also quite aggressive people, you know, like, not as aggressive as uh Lulu tribe.
2: Okay. You
1: know what I'm it's there's quite a lot there's actually food
0: oh yeah okay i know we're gonna talk about food at some point what's the food like over there
2: because one thing real quick
0: so one thing that like like you and i obviously both work at the garage and one of the best things about it is like all the different um like food vendors there's a bunch of different like I don't know, like ethnic foods from around the world. It's probably not the most authentic because we're in Indianapolis, but it's pretty yeah. close. Um, yeah. You know, so like that's yeah. one thing that I think I know you and I share that common interest as well. So like what would, let's for say, sure, yeah. here we go. Let's say if the garage opened up a spot for for some food <laughs> from Zimbabwe, what would be on the menu?
1: Stanza uh, for sure. Or oh, is in javele so saza is uh shona this chuala is in javele
0: uh which is cornmeal
1: oh is it okay cornmeal cooked with water basically and it just made it becomes stiffer as you heat it up okay and cook cook while adding so almost think of like making grits yeah 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 But with a more finer uh uh, corn
2: okay so that'll be
1: definitely on the menu, meat for sure, uh vegetables such as like greens. We call vegetables green- vegetables here. You call them greens. Okay. Kind of basically the thing. Uh some cabbage stews. Uh definitely meat stews. grilled grilled meat, but we call it rye. Coach coach. That's another another Right there. Okay. Uh, it's gonna be a podcast with education. <laughs> I love it. This is true. That's what I love about this whole podcast too.
2: Education.
0: Thanks. man Yeah. It's. Um. I mean, I learn something every time I have people on. Even though I mean, you and I have only known, known each other for like a year and a half, I would say. But well, like, uh, I yeah. know there's still more to like learn about you through our friendship over time and whatnot. But like, even when I have some of like my very close friends on, like I'm still learning little things about them, and other people learn about it too. You
1: yeah, know for sure. Because I mean, what you see on the TV is not entirely true.
0: Yes, it is. Everything, everything on TV is real.
1: Not all of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you have no. probably been
1: given what 65 percent of the information <laughs> that is just relevant to the situation. That's how I. That's what I think. And then the rest is the true, like true essence of what is actually the story that happened?
0: Right. No, no, I know what you mean. Okay. Um. So, okay. And then when you moved to South Africa, how long were you there before you came over to the U.S.? To, like, 2014. Oh, so, like, five years.
1: About, yeah. About that. Yeah. Okay. Because I finished school in South Africa, which is... So, also, education system is totally different. Uh, I mean and like almost similar but a little bit different. So for Zimbabwe you I know we have uh, kindergarten, preschool and then grades one through seven, you are in like primary school. But then the same people you are with in that in those years at grade seven each year, each year before you move to the next, you kind of write the exams as normal, right? And yeah. get tested so that you can pass into the next next grade. So, so that's similar. But the only difference is from grade seven before you go to high school, you write it uh, like a national exam. And all schools write the nas- same national exams like at the same time, like, season-wise, school time-wise. Then, um, from there, you go to high school. Now, high school is a little different in the sense of it's not grades anymore. It is now form one. You start as form one, which is in the U.S. that's grade eight, right? So, yeah, something like that. So you do form one, form two, form three. Form four is when you're like graduating from high school to go to college. But you can also add two more years to that, which is lower five and upper six. But from form four, you have to write like a, a British based, because we were colonized by the British, the British based. And then you, you write that. You can either continue to be in school, but you have to reapply to the school, and they have to accommodate that. Either by having an interview with you, which from grade seven to form one, you actually go interview for for high school, crazy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Write an
1: application letter. Then you have to go interview for that uh, school. But I think they're trying to change that part of the system. just because it's not really. Is the book, which when you look at how the British School system is it kind
0: of matches that. Okay, I follow. It follow. can. Se- I mean, it seems like there's definitely like a lot. It, it can be a, like a confusing process to get up there because yeah. Then eventually you moved. Did you move to Indiana or did you live somewhere else in America first?
1: No, I moved straight to Indiana.
0: Okay, and That's then still- you.
1: I still don't know how, like, my mom ended up in India. You think, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, it's a running joke right now. Then you just close her eyes and went to Indiana. Funny story. As a kid, I actually thought when my mom would call while she's here, when she, when she finally told me where she's at, I thought she was in India. <laughs> I mean, I get I mean, the confusion. I never heard of Yeah, I never heard of Indianapolis, so Indiana is a state, you know, it's, again, TV-wise, go back to that, you know, you only know of, like, D.C., New York, Vegas, California, Seattle, Texas.
0: uh, Minnesota.
1: Yeah, Minnesota. (laughs) (laughs) but you never really know about, like, the Midwest or the other, like, Virginia. I never even knew Virginia existed.
0: Yeah, until, I don't even, I don't Until really. later
1: on, like, in education.
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, even living here, there's some states, I com- like, I completely forget about Delaware. You know what I mean? No mm-hmm. offense to anyone yeah. who, who lives out there. Um, but, like, there's just some states that, like, I don't, like, oh, yeah, that's there, too. Um, yeah,
1: and we used to also think the commons, like the known city, were the state. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Until you move out, and like, oh, wait, when you're doing geography, then you're like, oh, now it makes sense.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, America has state, South Africa and Zimbabwe has province.
0: Oh, okay. Follow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to put and on then, my geography hat, but I got it. <laughs> I got it now. Yeah. Okay.
1: And then from that you go into district. Districts and zones, townships and suburbs. It's kind of the same. Yeah, yeah. But there's different wording. The English language is a beautiful language.
0: That's yet confusing. It's confusing. Um, so why Indiana?
1: I think when she moved, she found a really good job here. So that's probably why she moved here. So I just moved to join her. And when I moved, before I moved from South Africa, I was doing sports psychology degree with the University of Johannesburg. And then I moved from the, I was literally six months into my college degree. When I was told, yeah, you got to pick your stuff and head to the States. So moved in the uh, best meal in America was, <laughs> you would love, it was actually the
0: Chinese buffet. Oh, like Panda Express or something?
2: I forgot, I think,
1: I forgot what it was. But, so my parents picked me up, my mom and now my, the guy, who, she married my dad. But she remarried when she got here, a couple years ago, she but they've been together for quite some time. Um, I landed in Chicago. And then we drove back from Chicago to
2: India.
1: Okay. That was a long drive. I was tired. Exhausted, or mostly slept.
0: Yeah, I'd say like Chicago, I mean, the drive from Chicago to like Indianapolis is about three, maybe a little more than three hours. I've had to make it. Yeah. I mean, I've made it a few times. There's one time I went to a concert out there. And the concert ended at like, probably like, I don't know, 11, 1130 at night or something like that. But then you hit the time zone coming in and it's just Northern Indiana is dark. There's no street lights really. So you're just driving yeah. three hours back and you're half awake. Um, I actually ended up falling asleep at the wheel. I haven't told so many people this. Oh. Um, I was, I was uh, just driving. I remember the song I was listening to. I'm like, I just started like getting a little tired. And then I heard the rumble strips and like immediately yeah. woke up and I hit a um, I think I hit like one of those, not a mile marker sign, but some type of like thin post. Oh, okay. And yeah. Yeah. But uh, I made it though. I'm here. You know what I mean? So it's okay. Yeah.
1: I was about to be like, yeah,
0: what? didn't break any bones. So that's good. This, oh, like, this was like major, major. No, I broke, I broke a headlight. Um, but the first thing I did actually was like, I woke up, I, didn't, I, I would say my eyes closed probably for like two seconds. So maybe not really fall asleep at the wheel, but um, I just remember like hitting the rumble strip and then I hit that some small post thing. And then I got back on the road. I didn't like really drive off too much or like skid out, um, but I was heading towards a bridge. So there was like a pillar. So it could have been bad probably, but um, yeah. the first thing I did was I looked at my dashboard and... And, like, I was worried, like, if, oh, I got a flat tire or something broke. And I'm like, great. It is two-something in the morning. There's nobody around. In
1: your, you yeah. in your
0: car. Yeah. your
1: um, Yeah. And that towing charge is going to be, Whoo!
0: Yeah. yeah. Not cool, man. But it's your alive, man. Yeah, thank you. The drive from Chicago to Indy can be long, depending on the time. Yeah. Um, Okay, and then yeah, that's, so is that when you started going to Purdue? No,
1: I went to Ivy Tech first. Okay. So I got my culinary arts degree from Ivy Tech and restaurant management degree from the which is when I was associated like, applied science. And, uh, then transferred from the did two years at Ivy Tech and transferred there went to Purdue.
0: Okay. What was culinary school like? Fun, challenging, exhausting,
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but
1: very, very, very challenging because you push yourself with some of the best of the best, you know, all these people with different ideas, but it was fun. And I, I remember making my market at the culinary school because you know? mm. again, people were fascinated by my acts first, my story. So B- I was an ambassador for.
2: Yeah.
1: as an ambassador for like student ambassador for the Indianapolis. Indiana Isha. I forgot the meaning of it, but I think it's Indiana's <laughs> Society of Hospitality and
0: Yeah. Okay. Don't quote me on it. Yes. Did you um did you know how to cook well before culinary school?
1: Yeah, I've always loved to cook. Like, my aunt who raised me, I think I started making meals for the family when I was, like, maybe five years old. She trusted me with that. Oh, whoa. But, like, you know, with her guidance, of course, you know.
0: What were I, some of the meals that you made when you were growing up? A lot of stews, uh, staza, which is,
1: it's an art form when you see it being made. Veggies, cutting up veggies, you know, and stuff like that. Onion, veggies, oil, salt pepper. pepper. We didn't know what pepper was.
0: Would you say um, part of the cuisine, I guess, um, in Zimbabwe or that culture is is very vegetable-based? More so vegetarian? It's a lot of veggies.
1: Uh, No. Okay. No. Okay. So you always have your veggies with your meat, but it's more meat-centric. Okay. So it's protein based for sure. That's not good. as, not as, but it's it's kind of like a balance of all, you know, you've got your protein, carbs, and your veggies. So it's kind of a like balance of all of it. And meals, meals with the family. So every meal you have it with the whole family together, except for maybe lunch. Like everybody's at work. That's the only different time in school. Uh, majority of the time, breakfast and dinner. But like weekends, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You're with the whole family. okay.
0: Okay. Um, I feel like that's something I I, I want to say. You told me that before. That's something I've I've seen because um, I watch a lot of different cooking. I watch like Anthony Bourdain quite a bit, or others. Um, uh, uh, I think it's like Gordon Ramsay Uncharted, where he goes like all around the world to different cultures and, and cooks with them. And like, I've noticed it's still like that in America, but maybe not as much compared to like, but other cultures, it's almost like you're celebrating, like you guys are eating together. It's like a celebration, like a fellowship. You know what I mean? And I've noticed that a yeah. lot with other, like other countries and everything like, Hey, we're getting down and we're just, we're only talking about like the time we're here together, enjoying the food and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So that's one difference I would say from from, from the sure. cultures yeah. yeah um but it's oh, funny that
1: uh, you say that there's a book called uh the third plate by uh Barber. I remember going through culinary school and he's also a very phenomenal chef too when I went to his one of his restaurants in, uh, upstate new york
2: I don't remember the name
1: but they don't give you a name Okay, like there's no menu at all. What he does is you have a conversation with the server, right? And their menu in the back. You don't know what you're going to get. They ask for post allergies, food tolerances, and all that stuff, right? But it's you. if you're talking to the get to the to your server, he's figuring out what, what level, of, uh what's that word? Adventure. Adventurous you are.
0: Oh, okay.
2: So
1: with the, with the conversation. So they're bringing stuff out of you that they, and each course is kind of curated over that conversation.
0: Oh, that's really cool.
1: Yeah. I, I want to go to that. Cause I'm like, yeah,
0: this
1: wondering what, what will be coming up next? Right?
0: I wonder what it's like for training to be a server there. Like, do you have to have a degree in psychology? Like how to, do- <laughs> how to like talk to someone and really get get answers out of them you know
1: I know right I think it's I think majority of the people that work there have been like executive chefs and stuff like that so they're all coming together with all this wealth of knowledge and he he does a lot like foraging uh, to marketing to the whole but he's like, oh, well, like that's a restaurant I
0: want to go to. Yeah. yeah, that sounds awesome. You said upstate New York? Let's look at that.
2: Yeah.
0: Then is Dan Baba. Now, I'm trying, I'm, now I'm, I've got to look it up. I'm trying to think of like some of the nicest restaurants I've been to in America. And um, there's one specifically. Uh, I want to say it's still open it's actually okay let me see here
1: oh the restaurant for Dan barber is called blue hill at stone barn they have like a farm on, on on it already and stuff like that so it's quite interesting you should follow him on uh instagram too what's his name dan barber like your barber for your hair okay but with an d-a-n
0: oh I found him um yeah, I'll have to take a look at that. Okay, I remember. So the the nicest restaurant I've been to in America, um, I mean there's there's a couple nice ones here in Indianapolis. I, I I haven't really made it out to too many of them. Um, there's an Italian place that Kelsey and I go to, kind of like like our special date spot or anniversary. Um,
1: that's Ambrosia.
0: It it's uh Ambrosia. Ambrosia Broad
1: pool. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like it. I mean, I haven't I've, been to that one yet. It's 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 real good Italian food, um very fresh, very um that's the one thing I've noticed with like like good, like well-made Italian pasta doesn't feel as heavy compared to like if I go if I'm making like pasta here. I mean like there's just the noodles are just different, man. There's 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 something there. But um the nicest restaurant I've been to is uh it's actually in St. Paul, Minnesota. It's called the Cropple Inn. It's a Greek restaurant. And okay. it was like very, very nice. Um I remember going with my dad. Actually, after I think we went to like a motorcycle show or something. We were the only people there, so it was kind of interesting. But like, we we I was younger. Went to a motorcycle convention. So like, he was wearing like a Harley Davidson shirt and like a like a vest, and I was I think I was wearing something like that. We just walk in, and they're like, "Hello, sir. Like, how can I help you?" It was just super polite and clean. And you had, I think, like three different forks and you know it was just everything was set up very nice It was probably like three or four course and we didn't realize that at the time we just stopped yeah yeah, because like we like greek food and um it was like the the hostess would like sit you down and then like have a couple tables back and just kind of like be right there within like distance in case you need something um that was probably the nicest one i've been to but then you know i've been to some very good restaurants overseas. Um, there's one in Israel I went to that was incredible, and then obviously, uh, our resort in Mexico. There's some oh, like yeah. very, very good chefs, like well known chefs. I think there's like a Michelin star chef actually at the restaurant, but um, it wasn't included in the all inclusive, and you had to get reservations. So, I'm like, you know, we can go to a bunch of other places with just great quality food. So, mm. um and there's a couple in Chicago I'd like to go to. There are so many, like, places I want to go out to eat, you know?
1: Bro, there's, there's a lot. The food food industry has, hospitality per se, it's like, grown. Especially, like, how chefs now take on food and the conversation they are trying to have with their guests. You know, like, intentional. I'm reading this book called Unreasonable because our company believes it it's a really good book, too, by uh, Will Godara, too. So that's, but yeah, for sure. Um, I love, love different restaurants. The best one I've been to uh, was Pobo restaurant in Lyon. When I did a study abroad while I was at Ivy Uh we always took these France trips. Every year they still do, do these France trips. But it's more of a study abroad, learning more, frame how, like, the, it actually goes to different countries, actually, not just France, but the main one is France, focus, because that's the classic cuisine. The mother of, like, today's cuisine, and all the chefs that have shaped how culinary arts is looked at now came from France. To challenge yeah. all the other, you know, chefs around the world, but put it like on the map. That was felt it, but the Popo food restaurant. I literally cried tears. Bro. I had Prague for the not for the first time, but for the first time in my life that I I wept. Like tears literally rolled down my ears, my eyes. And I, was like, I don't know how you cry with your ears. But. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, skip have, right there I was gonna say I haven't um there was one thing actually in Mexico that I had and I just remember eating it and um it, I had one of those feelings I think I started to actually get a little teary-eyed for like the first time like over food like because you mm-hmm. you really start to Im- just really appreciate and like I I get really excited if like I'm able to kind of um if I can like break down the flavors and the seasonings, because it shows that I'm like growing a little bit. Um, I'm no expert at all, but like when I'm like, I'm eating, I was eating it. I'm like, okay, I'm pretty sure they did this and they use this kind of cheese with maybe like, you know, they, they probably did this method or something like that. Um, yeah. Or if it's something where I can like, like taste the flavors, I'm like, Oh, there's this in here, that, and there I'm like, this is incredible. Um, yeah. That's awesome though, man. Um, my second
1: best restaurant, I think I've been to, was on our honeymoon too. It was a steakhouse in Mexico. Hours. That was, that was fun. Uh, it was my first time having. It was a tiger. Caribbean lobster. Sorry, yeah, Caribbean lobster. Was it that thing? Was, was huge.
0: Is that lobster tail?
1: It was. A, it's a lobster tail, but oh, man, it's it was like the size of my four. I was like, oh, wow. We didn't even finish the the meal, but the vibe there, like you say, you know, the service right there in case you need them. Vibes were phenomenal. Bro, Mexico is the best, like, second best welcoming and hospitable country I've ever been. Yeah. Like South Africa still has my heart, but like, like Mexican people, well, they just welcome you with open arms and their vibe is just phenomenal. Like everybody we met, I'm pretty sure you, you kind of encountered this too. Well, with my type of personality and my wife's, you know, we just make friends wherever we go.
2: So yeah,
1: People were like, next time you come. Don't stay at resort. Come stay at my house. I'll host you.
2: We'll go everywhere <laughs> together.
1: You know. But the one part I didn't really like, you know, I, I don't know if I was there. is there cancel culture?
0: I haven't, been canceled. Known, I haven't been canceled yet. So let's yeah, just let's but, just keep it going. Yeah. But this is like known, right? You know,
1: everywhere you go, Mexico, they're always hoping all, all drugs on it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It was like, I was just like, we are just doing this on the regular and just offer people stuff. We didn't take it. Right. Full closure. But we knew the risk involved in you know, people like that and we just kind of decided, away. And we were also told before we went to Mexico that once you say no, stay with your life. Yeah. That's, that was
0: you one thing. You never know what. That was one thing when we mentioned we're going to Mexico. Um, a couple people were like a little. Just with like, you know, like cartel and stuff like that, um, you know, uh, a couple of people were concerned, which which I totally get it. Um, but we so we flew into Cancun. I'm assuming you guys that's where you flew into. Um, and then you, you get everything. Um, customs was pretty much like it was. So. So here's the thing. So when we when we landed in the airport, I don't know if it was like this for you. We got off the plane and then you go down the stairs and then you're in the room and. We were yeah. in the room for probably like an hour or so, just in line, so it was a line to get up to like to to where they check your passport yeah. um it was just flooded, and it wasn't very organized or was it didn't really indicate like hey, where to stand. You basically just try to feed in you're like cattle going into a line, and then you just mm-hmm. you going back and forth. but I mean, they saw our passports we went right through for our um wedding registry. we put luggage on there and we were both like hey let's get like a obnoxious color like something that's going to stand up because majority of the time everyone's luggage looks the same so we just got like a bright yellow set so as soon as we got off got through that we see the just the huge floor filled with luggage and there was one yellow one i'm like okay well that's mine i don't have to sit here and go through it so we got that customs is just like walking right by us they ask us like where we're going that's it and then we go to the front and that's where our tour bus or our resort bus is so there's a bunch mm-hmm. of like welcome greeters and they have their signs up of that or there's a bunch of people who are looking for a taxi or looking to like yeah. say like hey I'll be taxi service to get money. So like we heard a couple things is like hey just stick with your resort people like they they're going right there, they're licensed, you know, whatever cuz it can, it can definitely be sketchy. You know what I mean? For sure. Um, I mean it
1: it it definitely reminds me of uh South Africa too." You've got to be, it's a crime, crime, criminal country because there's a lot of, like, limited resources, right? So gangs are, like, nothing new to them. Um, like, growing up, for sure, you had to make friends with at least maybe one gang member. You're definitely going to be in the classroom with the gang, gang member. It was funny to transition from there, but the saying goes: if you can live survive in South Africa, you can live anywhere else. In
2: oh. Where
1: everything is just. But yeah, I I kid you not. Like you get robbed, daylight during the daylight, with a big gang, and everybody will just walk past, not say anything, not even save you because you don't know how many of the people in the gang. I kind of also still watching around too. Okay. So you literally get robbed, and you go on by your way because you can get stabbed, shot, whatever it is. So they are not afraid to. You. But then there's a lot of corruption too. So
0: That's wild.
1: It's crazy. So like, if you there's places where you know you can go, but there's places where you're like, okay, if I'm here, I need to watch. Every like I need to have a 360
2: degree
0: view. Of my I would honestly just like carry stuff I want to get rid of, like I would just,
1: <laughs> but you can't do that because you, you're just, going to no, school.
0: I would just walk around and be like, Hey, I actually don't want these pair of shoes anymore, you know what I mean? <laughs> or like, I would have things in my pocket that it's like, Look, I nobody's gonna buy this from me, so I just rather get rid of it. And then if I get robbed, I'm like, Okay, so honestly, it was threatening, but I got rid of what I wanted to, you see what I mean? So I could do it.
1: I mean, you surely can, but it's just like <laughs> challenging in the sense of <laughs> how how do you get past that without, you know, being assaulted or being injured? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So that's mm-hmm. a hard part of it. So school was definitely interesting. I'll tell you that. Like, going to school every day. And you know how I dress. So I've always looked at <laughs> meticulous on, because uniform system is like enforced to to you um, until you leave for college. That's when people, you know, uh, end up just, you know, going wild, learning a little bit about themselves, as we say, Mm. but you're used to this, like, school uniform every day. Then once in a while, you have, like, civics day, which is called, like, it's basically just you dress like a stupid like a normal person yeah or how you dress but that was a time where everybody needed to show off their outfits or when you have like talent shows and stuff stuff like that that's when you didn't have to wear uniforms but for the most part like uniform was. I think that's how I get my dress code dressing from I credit that to
2: that like
1: focus on these things go together,
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: And these don't, but you can also maneuver them around. Yeah, fashion. Yeah, fashion. Uh, there
0: you fashion go.
2: Saving, um, fashion community. saving.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So, let's see. So, when you were, when you finished culinary school, you went mm-hmm. to Purdue. Did you? Well, did you work in like a restaurant or some type of kitchen?
1: I did. Um, so actually, I only did about three years at Purdue, but I worked at the, I worked for Levy Restaurant Groups. So they actually own a lot of facilities around the US and some much of the across the world too. So uh, they're like, oh, kind of like, they are. Kind of like the Jay Marriott type of system kind of going on with them. Okay. Um, They also partnered with... They partnered with White Lodging for a little while, I think. But when I was there, I used to help with feeding athletes and working at uh, a few restaurants down there. I was one of the people that helped open up... uh, I was part of the crew that opened up eight eleven more than distro. Oh the the union. So I also worked at a cafe where I actually met my wife. We oh. used to kind of go there and study. So that's how that's how we kinda met. She worked there for a little while. So it's like a cafe where you know you just kinda hang out, do your homework. Sometimes you kind of hang out with your friends, but some of my best friends, that's where they, they used, we used to always have to go hang out and do that stuff. So.
0: Yeah. And that's um, how you guys met.
1: Yeah. It was actually, well, funny story is we'd always say hi to each other for about a year, year and a half, but never really had a full long conversation. We were always just, you know, the formalities of hey, how you doing? And granted, but before I met her, I was, few, I was in a relationship. And that's how that, oh, hey, how you doing? You kind of keeping the distance. but, you know, okay, I see you, go. you know, but <laughs> never really acted up on any of that. Then one night, of uh, course, liquid courage. That's people Yeah. He asked for my number, but he kind of talked, ended up going to, our first date was to McDonald's to try and get him afloat. That's right. <laughs> but of course, McDonald's, Mc, ice cream machine is
0: all Dude, good. what is, okay, what is with that? Because we were in, we were in Colorado a month ago and uh-huh. we hit, we just randomly hit up a McDonald's. Like I I, I I haven't like ate McDonald's in a long, very long time. Like I'll have their breakfast maybe like once in a while, but like a very long time I haven't. But like we went we went with um Kelsey's family and they're like, hey, it's hot out. Let's just go and just get a couple McFlurries. The first thing they say, hey, our ice cream machine is broken. Like, is this just a joke now? Like, do they purposely just no. not have one to carry this going?
1: I think they I think it's a marketing strategy though that you kinda now know, you know, if if you go to McDonald's. And I, so, I think that's why. Is have you ever noticed that every McDonald's day they use and Burger King close by, Starbucks, Taco Bell,
0: and uh, GQ? Well, they're all, I mean, you know, like if, normally if you're if you see if you see one fast food chain, a lot of them are going to be nearby, right? Nearby, yeah, competition, right? So, I think that's. I think that's why they do that.
1: I don't know unless you talk to McDonald's executives, you know, they will let us know why. <laughs> I don't know.
2: I don't know. I don't
1: know, man. But that's it's actually quite smart though, you know. Yeah I, I don't understand how they're still in business, but <laughs> but again it's also cheap meals, cheap, fast, quick meal.
0: I mean, I'm that's saying. kind of like the American thing where it's like convenience, uh, fast food is majority of the time pretty fast, but it is like, you know, I mean it it's it's all about being convenient. So me, we 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 typically I mean, I, I cook every meal. We don't really go out to eat. Um, if we do, it'll be like kind of like a once in a while, or it's just like, hey, like. I got paid today. Let's hit up fat dance or something like that. Or, or we'll like meet up with some friends and do like a dinner party or, or just, you know, go grab something to eat. And, um, we typically don't really do fast food unless it's a road trip. Well, Saturday, I don't know why. Um, I was like craving Taco Bell for some reason, which doesn't make sense because it's not that good. Anyone who's listening, like you all know it's not that good.
1: I, I can not even do fast food.
0: Yeah, like it, it. just it just hurts my stomach. Um, but like she she got Taco Bell. We came back, and I don't know if this is a new feature, but tell me why all my tacos were wet. Like <laughs> normally, normally it's burritos. Normally your burritos, you're like, hey, I'll have it wet. You just cheese on top. No, these were like you just dunked them in a sink. So my, our bag was like soaked on the bottom. I'm like, okay, this this just isn't. First of all, I wasn't expecting it to be like very good right but mm-hmm. this is a new low for ta- for taco Bell <laughs> so they didn't give enough napkins all our tacos were wet um but because of that I we ate less of it so I think it was actually okay you know what I mean
1: mm-hmm. I well no I'll say no because I don't even eat fast food now so I I I technically don't know, unless if you're, the only way I can relate would probably be, have you ever had a sandwich from Portillo's? Yeah, Portillo's, yeah. That's like my tradition. If I'm going to, if I'm going through Maryville, Yeah. going to 65, that's my like, stop right there. I was introduced to Portillo's when we were, actually, I think it was, we went to the National Restaurant Association show in Chicago, hmm. uh, NRA, not to be confused with the gun. Some, sometimes it's always that, like, you know, mm-hmm. confusion. But we stopped there. My chef, I remember him, uh, Tom England, He still teaches at Ivy Tech. Uh, shout out, Tom England. Can I do that?
0: Yeah, you can shout out <laughs> anybody you want.
1: But he... He introduced us to Patilo. Well, a few of us, and some people already knew about it, but that was like a really good Italian language. And if you have it deep in the zoo, or oh, uh, I kind of, I'm already watering, mouth watering just thinking about it. I know it's not the best language spot in the world, but when I had it the first time, so
2: speaking should... of Italian restaurants, oh yeah, you should.
1: Try San Giovese—that's where my wife and I like to go for also having good.
0: Okay, I will have to write that down. I was going to say we should go to the four of us should go to Fat Dan's. Yes. So you—you've been there, right? Yeah, I've, I've, their wings. Their wings. Their wings are probably <laughs> some of the better ones in Indiana. There, I mean, Ale mm-hmm. Emporium's got good wings. I think ales. Obviously, their sauce, and of course, like they just got a little more meat on them. And a little, their, their texture and crispiness is very good. Um, I didn't like El Emporium when we went there.
1: Sorry, not, not to cut you off, but we went there on a night where it was busy. It wasn't just my vibe or yeah. our vibe. But it was just rock music. It was loud. Did you not? We walked oh, in there. Did they Couldn't have a live band? I, they had a live band. Anyway. Nope.
0: I'm immediately walking out. It was crazy. and it, it was a rock
1: like that. And I was just like, I had to sit there because we had one of our friends there, but I was just like, oh, my but then I like the fact that they have uh, different sides where you can kind of sit around. Yeah. And also that room was a little bit quieter without the music. Yeah. Unless they open the door, then you're hearing all that screaming.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean we we have Kelsey went there for the first time. I took her there for the first time on her birthday, um, uh, oh, like a year ago, and um, she's never had the wings. So, well, we got to do that. But for yeah. Fat Dan's, we go there quite a bit because currently we live. Um, I mean, it's it's like right down the road, mm-hmm. um, but I mean we 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 tend to go there like quite a bit. So. Um, yeah, the four of us should go because their Italian beef sandwich is very good.
1: I think that's. I think we went there like twice so far. And I had the wings and the ribs one time. And my, I don't remember if I had the Italian beef sandwich.
0: Are the yeah. ribs good? They're decent. Okay. I haven't had them there. So, um, I mean, there's th- a few places that are also better. Uh,
1: with ribs but but also another guy who's doing wings quite right uh ivy tech lawrence uh brady foster we went to culinary school together and did the french trip he's the chef and owner for Foster's catering he's bro he has wings he's also from like chicago Funny enough, if you go on YouTube and pull up the Ivy Tech, let me see if I can pull up this video, the Ivy Tech, uh, one of my, a few of my friends actually in that video, I think I have it saved on my page, but it's, we're doing a promotional video for Ivy Tech, and it's culinary program, and before we move to We did evening in Paris. Oh, actually. Let me see see if I can find this video. Oh yeah. If you type in evening in Paris twenty sixteen, this is like a donut dinner uh and a video that we normally kind of make. You see me, I'm in that video. Uh Brady Foster also giving an interview later on that night too. But it's it's quite interesting. (laughs) I you see me without the with with the with other dreadlocks and but yeah, it's talks about how Ivy Tech changes people's lives, you know, I mean like, that's their model, right? But like the whole evening in Paris donut dinner is to send the students to this uh for the front strip based. And it's phenomenal.
0: We oh, had an I experience like you. no. I, I see I, you right off the bat.
1: Yeah. Funny enough, I wasn't even in a baking and pastry class at that time, but <laughs> Cindy Hawkins, she's amazing. I love her. She was, she's the owner of Secret City Sweet. Where Brady actually kind of started working there, then moved from there. Ended up having his own restaurant, which was one of his goals, but I think he hasn't reached his goals, so I'm not going to say all his goals. I know what he wants to do, but... Yeah. He is a great chef and an addition, great addition to, him. he's actually been doing a lot of things for Lawrence Township and they've been having him cater for that. So oh,
0: that's awesome. Phenomenal. That's awesome.
1: I'm proud of him. He's... Go try some of his food. Foster's okay. Catering, Ivy Tech, Lawrence. I've okay. got a few quite, quite good chefs that I know around this state. Another Italian spot, so I'm throwing this off a again. Nassau we had our anniversary date there funny enough when when we had when I had my bachelor party we had our bachelor dinner there too so, which is Ooh. Nice, which is very nice the guys were okay let's talk about how our wedding colors we didn't even really know each other
0: oh we're getting to that okay uh, we're going to go into yeah. that all right so yeah I just it For those of off. you who who do know, obviously Casey and I um we met while work um working together at the garage food hall. And it was definitely a timing thing because I wanna say probably so so I got married in December. Um I feel like you and I kinda like developed a friendship maybe around like September ish, maybe like August. That's when time. I started,
2: yeah.
1: I started in September at the garage because I was right across the street at our hotel. The captain yep. there,
0: um,
1: then I transitioned over. With,
0: okay. That's right, and then and then we were talking about wedding stuff because we were both talking about the suits that we were gonna wear at ours because we both obviously enjoy you know looking sharp, looking fashion, whatever. Um,
1: our fashion statements.
0: Fashion statements, <laughs> and we were talking about Indochino, and that's how I got. That's where I got my my suit coat, my green. Or my emerald velvet coat, and then uh, then we started talking about our weddings, and I mean the downside was ultimately that like we we already had like our our invitations and, and guests, so like you weren't able to come to our wedding, but we can be yours. So it was so I guess it balances out, but um, but no, yeah, I, I said like yeah, our colors are um our emerald, and you're like um so are mine. I will say your jacket though was incredible. Thank you, man. Very, very, very smooth.
1: Yeah, I got it from Men's Warehouse. I remember my story with Indochino. I Indochino, how you, how you ever pronounce it? I'm sorry if I'm not in the right. So that eight people in the right way. <laughs> but um, I remember commu- there was no communication at all like for me, my part. And I remember you were worried about getting your jacket in time.
0: Yeah, because I didn't that? know, because I didn't know it was shipping from overseas. So I, I okay, I ordered the the jacket probably in. Um, I, think I, didn't a know, I didn't know.
1: I You talked about. It.
0: Yeah, I didn't know the lead time. Right, and in our weddings in December, I think I ordered it like, man, maybe like spring or like June or something like that. Because I I was gonna guess. All right, who knows? Maybe like eight weeks custom suit. Who knows? Whatever. Um, and I didn't hear anything for like a couple weeks, and I was thinking, okay, well, aren't they just gonna make it at the Indochino? Because there's an Indochino store at the fashion mall in Indianapolis. Um, yeah. so I was thinking, all right, they'll probably just go there, I'll just go there and pick it up. Well, it wasn't until a while I got an email and it said, Hey, you know, it's in orders and processing or something. So then I waited like a week and I emailed them saying, Hey, I'm um, just checking to see, like, haven't seen anything about shipping. And here's your first sign, anyone who's listening, when you order something from overseas, when the response from the customer is always, hello, customer, how are you? Like, that's typically your first sign that you're like, okay, this is, this is shipping, not, this is not in America. Um, and it's normally the same, it's the same type of email. And th- they'll basically just tell you what it says on tracking. It's like, no, I understand that it says it on tracking, but my suit hasn't moved from the location in two weeks. So it's like, so what do we know? Like, do we know is it lost? Do I have to prep for this? Um, or I think it said on tracking, it was like currently on like the carrier or something, like some shipping carrier. I'm like, all right, so is it on a boat and it's just gonna get here at some point? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I like
1: I remember when we talked about it, you're like, I'm worried, dude. Like, I don't even know what's going to happen with this. And I was like, I'm worried for you, too, because I haven't gotten any information. <laughs> and they told me they're going to give me. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to cancel it. I'm going to go somewhere else. So I ended up going to Men's Warehouse. But your jacket,
0: though, looked pristine. Also well, it, it's centered around the shoes. So the people who don't it know. Did. So I got, I got the emerald velvet vans i'm like we were we were getting engagement photos coming up and we're just like walk around i'm like well, okay well i have to go to the van store and i saw those shoes and i kind of made a joke and then kelsey said like why don't you just wear them at the wedding i'm like oh wait i could do that and then it it was was more so like okay how do i because i've seen groomsmen who wear vans um and sometimes Mm -hmm. like if if, like the dress pants could be like too baggy so it could look they could look a little off because most vans have like a more narrow look to them mm-hmm. and i was looking at pictures that's where i saw all the groomsmen were wearing suspenders and then the groom had a jacket i was like oh i could get a, an emerald jacket to go with the shoes and it worked out um it plus is. it worked at the venue we were at too um yeah it definitely it definitely worked out but yours was like was it like a silk paisley or something like that it was some type of pattern like that it was a paisley pattern
1: um I had to make sure I bought that jacket. As soon as I saw it, I was like, that's what I want. But to digress, I actually was going to wear, so I thought my wife's dress was going to be white and we both love matching outfits. I'm pretty sure you've seen that every time we go out, uh, mm. you know who belongs to who. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny, but um, when I saw it, when I saw the white jacket, I, I was like, I'm going to de- definitely do a white jacket. Then I found out, so our wedding colors were actually emerald, gold, and ivory. That's what we were going for. So, but it ended up being a different color of green. They called it... This is not looking good. Huh? <laughs> no,
0: I cut. Out but it was that. like
1: a, it was like a like greenish blue uh, color. Oh, okay, we had oasis, oasis. Yeah, that's what oh, the okay. name is. Oasis, okay. but then it's also called Jam. Hmm.
2: So,
1: it's, so it's, at our venue, we couldn't get emerald uh, runners. So we we're like, okay, let's see what's closer to emerald green. Then we found out it was Oasis, which, if you go to the building in the street, to a chair. Okay. Which is kind of confusing, but it's a thing, basically, it's, the same color. So,
0: yeah, it's a conspiracy. Yeah.
1: And then I ended up changing my jacket. I was like, okay, cool, we're fine. Uh, the dress was ivory. So I was like, okay. Initially, I wanted the guys to wear ivory out uh, suits. You know, mm-hmm. But when we looked at the way of them, I mean, you were the wedding. Can you imagine guys in ivory walking around doing all that activity? And so we yeah. changed that to the Oasis Blue. OS is blue.
0: So it's will, kind of like
1: a green blue. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I will say I've been to quite a few weddings in my day. Mm-hmm. I've never experienced the intro of the wedding party at the ceremony, like I have at yours. So let me just I'm i gonna set the scene for everybody, okay? And then you can <laughs> explain explain how this happened. So we're at it's it's at a golf course. Um and there's a the little the um kind of like the venue spot for ceremonies and it's 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 open to pretty much the elements. So it's it's like there's a pavilion basically attached to the, the golf course. And then um, it's a beautiful scenery because there's you know like your your hills and your trees and your golf course and then we're just sitting there the piano's playing and then it stops, and from a tree line, like a hundred yards away, we see two golf carts with, just so happens to be the groomsmen and the groom, blasting music on a Bluetooth speaker, living it up, celebrating, yelling, dancing, singing, coming around the golf cart. Or gar- golf cart path showing up and then they get off and you get off and you're doing your like your vibe dance walk just celebrating mm-hmm. dabbing people up um and then you guys you guys make your way down um and then it, it goes goes quiet and then your wife is, is is on her way in but we don't see her but we hear the horse mm-hmm. a carriage comes around. Like, dude, it was like a movie.
1: (laughs) It was the it was the element of surprise that
0: we went for. So you got it. Um, um, You did hit that. I will say that you hit the element of surprise.
1: It did. It did. And um, I won't say where we got married. That that way, you know people won't know exactly what happens because this we had to keep it a secret from the family too. So we had to let everybody being not in the north at all mm-hmm. which was very very hard because it was a magical entrance and a memory that me forever you know i still tear up watching that that whole entrance so yeah we we're two golf carts um kind of have everybody seated down you know i'm still Before, before everybody sits down, I'm still kind of mingling with everybody, you know, talking and all that. And then everybody sits, gets seated. There's a moment of silence, which a lot of people think who's going to, who's going to ruin this wedding because it's at a country club, right? On a golf course. Golf writers, they see them as they're coming in and, and throughout the day. But then they block the ways for that path to just for us to come around. And shout out to that crew. Um if you go onto my page, you see exactly where we got that. Go. That's Instagram.
2: <laughs>
1: but for sure, that was like fantastic timing because everybody thought, who
2: is this?
1: Carolyn actually with my boss at the garage. Yeah. She thought she came up to me later It's like, and I just keep on the in a beautiful morning. But that's the intention, you know. It's like everybody's head tense because you hear the honking of the golf carts. And then come around, you see, oh, two golf carts driving, beelining literally, like, coming up. And then the song that I chose was Yeah by Ben Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah And people were like, what? Oh, okay. That's a good surprise. You know, and then everything kind of quiets down silent. Everybody looks back into the door. I had to also play it off. I had to like look through the back way where everybody walked in through because they thought that's where she's coming in from. And there's that moment of silence. And I kind of had to play it off like, you know, waiting for my wife. I'm already here. Let's get married, right? (laughs) Right. Then you hear the uh, horse's hoof, horseshoe, horseshoe, horseshoe
2: horseshoe
1: tapping on the on the on the gravel, you know, coming up. And then the bell rang. That was just the most magical one. Yeah. But to be honest, that stepping stool from the horse carriage was so small. I was so scared when I was trying to get it up onto the post carriage. So I'm like, please don't fall. This would be really bad.
0: Was it just small? Was it small and narrow? Was it one of those like t- little stools where like, if you step wrong, it could just flip out from under you? That is on my iPhone. My- Holy yeah. cow. It was tiny. It was
1: real tiny. And yeah, the dad rode with her coming up. And it was fantastic. It was phenomenal. Like I had a, we had a blast that day. That's the best day in my entire life. Not that I'm saying that just because American is the most beautiful wife in the world. That was like we we wanted that moment to be very magical and it's the past
2: Yeah. Like I didn't even know
1: how I was gonna react until I saw her and she never showed me her dress, which is how it called goes, those, right? In the American culture.
0: Yeah, I was I Zimbabwe was gonna women. ask you in the cult so in like Zimbabwe or South Africa, in like that culture, is it is it kind of similar where like like you said over here, you don't see typically the groom doesn't see the bride's dress before the ceremony or like before first first look photos. What's it like over there?
1: So you normally kind of go shopping together, but you don't see we've adapted that whole system model not seeing the dress up. Right? Okay. Until the day, like the day of the wedding, but the night before, sometimes you know, you know how they always say that the night before you kind of, you don't, you're not supposed to see your wife, you're supposed to be wife. Kind of does happen, but majority of the time, you're going to see the pastor the night before the wish if you're religious. But if you're not, you are still with the family. You still both families are kind of like mingling together as a meal you know, to kind of bring the two together. But the only difference in marriage is we have a we have a system called uh lobola or bridal hmm. dowry or rora in Shona. In we lobola Shona broader, then other languages, of course, different, right? But this is a moment where the soon to be groom comes to the family after the hand in marriage. Here in America, you just go to the father or the parents, right? And after the hand in marriage, right? And then they agree or disagree. But this process, you have to set a date of when you're coming to visit the family. So her family members, all her uncles, aunts, brothers, sisters, and like the whole family there. You as a group and you have what they call a munyai, who is the spokesperson for the family, for you
2: mm.
1: as a group. And then there's a negotiation time where they set the the bridal price, uh, and there's categories of, you know, how, how this goes and how much money is charged. But there's things like, uh, Makandin's which is, where did you hear about a farm or way? You know, so it's more respectful way of the groom showing gratitude to the family for raising the daughter. So that's basically what the whole process is all about. But it it is very wealth wealth centric, so the family will kind of get rich. Well, not rich to say, but they'll kind of get something out of their daughter getting there. Okay. So there's different categories uh, where go go goy is like knock knock. You have to pay for even knock for the gate, for the family, stepping your foot in there. And even if you say something off you that you didn't mean joking around, it's kind of like very serious, but there is a few jokes here and there. Until you're accepted in the family, the groom, the groom himself doesn't speak at all. Like during this whole process, like you're not allowed to speak at all. You're not allowed to make eye contact either with any of the family members until your bride, your soon-to-be bride reveals that you are the person that Whoa. she wants to marry. Okay. Uh, so it's a lengthy process. It takes pretty much a couple of hours because you're negotiating the price, that the father was the main person to agree or disagree with the, with the price okay but all this and then you don't some people can pay it off right away but sometimes it takes years to pay that pay debt off you can agree with families you of pay that for off. um i
0: feel like things like <laughs> i feel like i saw something similar to that um involving like the price and, and and everything in um and i've said this before and i've said it on this podcast i'll say it in person to anyone i meet i love watching 90 day fiance and i feel like because they, they obviously you know it's normally someone from america um in relationship with someone from a different country or different culture and i feel like there was an episode where i saw um there was a process similar to what you were just talking about um yeah. you know okay in order for the family to allow you know their son or daughter to marry um you have to do like you know respect our part of the culture and, and like and do this type of the process so I feel like I've heard something yeah. like that.
1: Yeah, for sure. And outfits are phenomenal. Traditional outfits, that's when they come out
2: to be a This
1: is a time to show off of who you are. Yeah. What your family stands You always dress up so nicely. I remember going for my sister, uh dowry hero, dowry boss. And kind of studying as uh, since my parents were divorced I kinda of stood in my father's place and our family. But like my dad was there so he kinda of helped out here and there. He kinda of almost had final say but not as much. We way as Those families are separated. My mom is here, she's remarried. And he's also remarried to his own family. But all that all that money that is charged usually goes to the family, and the dad is the one that distributes it. Even okay. Because he's the head of the house. But it's, it's a very patriarchal system. Uh, but now I think they are changing the law because a lot of families were starting to get rich off of that. Starting their world and so they things like cows that come in that uh, assets for the family, because again, multiplying when your crawl comes bigger, the village, that's where they usually take uh, all those those assets. You can charge cows, you can charge in money, you can, uh, there's groceries also that are supposed to be brought over during this process. A lot of money,
2: (laughs) a lot of money,
1: (laughs) because every, everything is, but for, for the central part of it is mostly to bring wealth to the family as well, way of gratitude, hey, thank you for raising such a beautiful lady, I'm going to take care of her now. This is what, for me, taking your daughter, this is what I'm living with,
0: that's going to be for generations. Yeah, it is interesting just to kind of like hear just how different the cultures are when it comes to weddings or relationships and stuff like that. So um, I didn't know. I mean, I clearly didn't know all of that, but it's that's um, that's pretty like, interesting to hear. I, I open.
1: Um, I think the favorite, my favorite part of the whole process is the party after. Yeah. After you've gone through the, this whole process, after being so serious, now you can kind of let a little bit. Now you're part of the family. You're considered married at that point, but you also have to, as a groom, at the end, you have to ask to marry the daughter. Okay. And have a wedding. And have a wedding.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Then you agree setting a date. And then it goes on but there's some charges that come in too. So I'm going to use the word expensive loosely, but the charges for each item kind of go with the virginity of the girl, what she's done throughout the whole process. If you're a virgin, you're actually regarded as High commodity, high.
0: Value. So, like a higher value,
1: higher value. yeah. Okay. Then, but if you also have had a child with the soon-to-be uh, your wife, you have to pay for damages because you are uh, you ha- you had a child out of work. Right. So there's there's a few elements that go into like everything is considered into play. Yeah, degrees all this. Stuff. So that's why they are now changing the law because now they're like, okay, my my child went to definitely uh, Stanford University or one of the best universities, and she got a master's degree. With this. So that kind of started accumulating, you know, of how the family is going to charge. Okay, but it's very extravagant on how the whole process.
0: Okay. Um, I guess we can kind of transition into some of the questions now because some of them are marriage related. So one of the questions, um, from a mutual friend coworker, um, I know who this is. Okay,
1: shout out to Becca.
0: <laughs> yeah, shout out to Becca. Um, okay, so here is a, a few of these questions are actually for both of us to answer. Um. Because, I mean, she knows that you and I can have a pretty like good conversation about certain topics. Um, so here's here's one of the questions. As two men with, in all caps, bombshell wives with hearts of gold, mm-hmm. um, both newly married, what's your biggest relationship slash marriage advice thus far?
1: Uh, that's a good question. I'll answer it simply by communication.
0: I would say communication is huge. Um, uh, so, so Kelsey and I have sacrifice. Grown, yeah, I'd say Kelsey and I have been together. Um, well, before we got married, we were together for three years. So, um, it, it was kind of Thanks. um Thanks. Three and a, well, actually, uh, three and a half years. Um, but it, it's one of those things like you, you learn over time. But then when you're married, it's like, okay, by the time you're married, you guys have kind of learned how to communicate somewhat, but it's a little more serious, like, like hey, like this is my partner for life for basically forever. So this, this is who I'm doing life with. This is who I'm going to be having conversations with um, pretty much every day. So you learn, um, I don't know, I, I, I'm not speaking on, on your side, but on my side, let's say, for example, if we have like a disagreement, her and I react differently. Um, maybe not disagreement, but it's like, if there's, if there's something that we're talking about, um, and it becomes kind of like a problem, I like solving it right away. She typically would need like a minute. It's like, let me just like cool down and just chill. And then we can talk about it. And for a while that took, that took, you know, it took some time for us to kind of like both like listen to each other's, um, uh, like ways we would communicate or react in, in like a problem solving scenario. So I would say, um, Communication and um, uh, sacrifice is, is a good one that you mentioned. Yeah.
1: I mean, like, communication is major, major. Again, this is not to stereotype man, but we tend to be quiet when our feelings are hurt just because we don't want to be deemed as weak, right, when we yeah. express our emotions. So that has been a major, major thing of us learning how to communicate with each other. So There's something hurting or that you deliver across. Right? So communication comes in a two-part way. You're communicating the problem, but you're also listening to how you communicate the problem. Right? So yeah. it's it's not part of, well, you hurt me, Dita had that this and the third, but how are you supposed to communicate to the person who knows all your flaws, who knows all your needs, to, who knows what they need from you in order for this attitude to work. Hmm. So communication is major in the sense of we're all developing every day and you're going to change. The person you were when you met Kelsey and the person I, I was when I met Taylor Sure. Well, for those who don't know, Kelsey is his wife and Taylor's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But from when you guys, when we started dating, there wasn't a lot of communication because I was still scared for her to see who I truly was, right? Yeah, that takes a while. Yeah. It takes a while, but I didn't realize how much it was also hurting her for me not communicating what I needed. So she can be part of it, right? When I started communicating, it became easier dealing with issues. So arguments are not are not centered towards blaming each other, but they're centered towards solving the problem. It is not a your partner is not the problem. Mm. It is the problem that is the problem. So that communication part when you are married, you're like, oh, yep, yeah, I gotta go talk to my wife about this. Which yeah. I actually do love now saying, by the way, like every time somebody says, hey, can you do this? I'm like, "Uh, hold on, let me check with the wife first." Because again, like you say, this is a person you're doing life with for the rest of your life. Not, they don't need to have it. There's, there's no need for any anything. Right? One, two, there's no need for are uh, hiding anything from, from this person because they see you at your worst of worst and the best of the best. Yeah. So you better communicate what's going on, how you want to move forward, how you want to resolve this situation. Sacrifice is huge too because now you're not thinking of just yourself, right? Yeah. When, when you're single, you know, you do whatever you want. You don't answer to anything. Right? But now you have somebody else in your life that you have to make decisions with. You also have to plan for the future with. So communication and sacrifice, I think that, that goes hand in hand. You know what I'm saying? Like all the couples that we talk to, this type of thing, I'd buy. Or marriage, you know, they will always just be like communication, communication, communication. And I'm like, get it, get it. But then I'm also just like, it's tough. It's tough to communicate. Because sometimes you're communicating with the emotions and not communicating without the emotion.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? You're like, okay, like you said, you wanna solve it right away. And then Kelsey is like, no, I need a minute, to pull off, think about it, come and communicate with you. Whereas for me too, I'm also just kind of the same way. But sometimes I like to let it marinate, think of all the possibilities, and in a calm fashion. Right? So yeah. now when you come into with somebody somebody else who's got a different perspective and a different reaction. That's where the problem comes in. But now you don't have to attack each other. If you have to face the problem. So you're now sacrificing how you're feeling and focusing more on the problem itself. Well. So I, I I definitely think communication. So
0: okay. Okay. Speaking of problems, um, we actually received, was that last week where we? We received a, a problem that um this this friend um co-worker colleague had about cooking chicken. And I don't know if other people experience this problem as well. Um what is a way to when you're cooking chicken breast, what is a way to prevent it from from overcooking or, or becoming dry?
1: Oh, that's a good question because a lot of times when you're home cooking, you not you've got a lot of moving elements, right? You've got trying to impress your partner, one, two, uh, thinking, is this going to be really good or do I need to add this? Do I need to add that? Am I following the recipe right? You know, so a lot of the times we have all these other outside factors. How did my day go? All that stuff. But the easiest way I think for cooking chicken and not let it dry is using it at the moment.
0: That's what, okay. I think that's what we both we both told her. We're like, just get a meat probe. And then I mean, I guess one thing too is um like seasonings. Sometimes too many seasonings could dry it up quicker, especially your salts. Um yeah. but I think if you well, and, and you mentioned before with chicken breast, you can you can cook to like 145, 150. And then because there's so much moisture in there, it can increase. You Continuous. pull from the heat and it can increase or something like that.
1: I'll say, yeah, I'll say about like 150, 155. Because it'll continue continuously cook, right? At that point, all that moisture is still kind of retained and that heat is still in there and cooking throughout, uh, letting it rest another big big thing just like steak uh chicken breast is very easy to dry out but also a very delicious uh piece of meat to have. yeah done right you're gonna have a fantastic time
0: well plus it depends if okay. she's like or or sorry plus it depends if anyone if you're cooking it you like slice it up and cube it and then cook it that way over some oil um Olive oil is what I typically use. And then you just keep, I mean, just keep, no, don't keep stirring it, but, you know, just, just, just watch it every once in a while. Nothing. It's honestly, I I think, I think it's like, and I'm not trying to sound boastful. I don't think it's, it's definitely easy to overcook it, but I think there's just a couple of things you could switch up and you, you know, can have a more uh, moist piece of chicken. Sure. I mean, like, if you look at it too, chicken, once it's cooking, it
1: keeps the same color.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Right? So you don't know what's going on inside and meat probably suggested. Because again, if you see, if you pen see it and then put it in the oven, that's different. Because now you have to measure time of how much you would, you pen see it first how much doneness you want of the skin, the outside to be, and to be the presentation of it. Right? But if you're not boiling, but if you're stewing chicken, that's a little bit different because you have all these other ingredients that you have to account for, too. But don't want to dry it out. So that's a little bit different. mostly grilling, or grilling is that's, a um. That's where a lot of people mess up. I typically like to get the grill marks for my chicken. But if I know I have got time, I do like to depending on where the rack of coals are. Because you know, some now grills have different levels where you can continuously heat something slow cooking for a long time without drying it up. But now that comes in where time is perfect Like per pound. Whatever the weight is of chicken breast, you need to like, calculate that into that because that will also make, you're not going to cook a six ounce chicken breast the same way you do with a like, four pound chicken. Not that they, well, they actually do it. You're not going to cook them the same on the same heat because six pounds you get done faster than the four pound. And you got to factor all those things in. So, yeah. Meat probes for sure.
0: Meat, yeah, I'd say for sure Meat Probe, to sum it up, roughly. Meat Probe. Um, yeah. Okay, another, I, th- I think, there's two more. Um, and this one's actually for everybody. So, um, what's your go-to meal to cook for all quote-unquote singles out there as an quote-unquote impressive yet easy dish? I'll just say this to anyone listening still. Or anyone listening, <laughs> get the Tasty app. It's those Tasty videos, like those videos you see on social media, on Facebook, of like the camera over and they're all like quick. You see the hands cooking. It's the, those Tasty videos. There's an app. There are thousands of recipes in there. You can break it down 30 minutes or less. You could break it down by cuisine. You could break it down by chicken. You could break it down by pastas, all these different things. For me, I think the easiest quick single thing you could do is a, is a pasta. You could do, um, you could do some type of. I mean, sure, you could do spaghetti with like a can of, you know, pasta sauce. Throw it in there. Um, it's convenient. It's simple. Um, add meatballs to it. Uh, maybe put like some grated parmesan on there. Still easy steps, but it does look a step up. Or if you want to try making your own um, pasta, like red sauce, you can get like a can of whole tomatoes. Blend that up. Um, add in some, uh, roasted garlic that, that let's say you're roasting the garlic cloves in olive oil with some basil to kind of get like a little bit of flavoring to it. Add that to the tomato sauce, blend all that together, throw it over the sauce. It has like a little more garlic, garlicky sauce flavor. Sure. That's a step up, but also try to keep it simple. If you keep it simple with certain things, like, like a pasta where it's just noodles and, and a meat. Then you can, like, spice up the sauce a little bit and then put on some Parmesan on top. That's that's my answer.
1: True. Um, another one you can do, ah, noodles. Ramen noodles. Okay. Quick and easy. <laughs> Impressive, too, if you add, like, a over-easy or sunny side up egg.
0: Oh, I did that last week for the first time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I know that's my normal go-to uh Hungry Man Skillet because there's a lot of flavor you can build in there. Um uh, scrambled eggs and bacon, toast for breakfast, lunch, an easy sandwich. Yeah. You know, there's a some of the some of the meals are just like simple, but it's the so I take that back to like love language. You know, there's all kinds of There's all kinds of like, uh, things you can do if you're an act of service type of
2: person Mm -hmm.
1: who shows their love, that that's your love language, then you can go all out. Right. But quick, easy meals, those are some of the things, uh, and there's some people that do gift giving. I don't even know how we got here
2: we are. (laughs)
1: But yeah, for sure. There's a lot of like quick, easy meals. Like you say, tasty app, uh, watching new recipes online, repurposing some stuff too, you know, that's my, that's my go-to. Every single time I would walk into the kitchen, he's always surprised on how I can make a good meal out of pretty much nothing that she thought of. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So
0: yeah. And, and uh, experience
1: and experience plays a major, major role.
0: Yeah, I will say you definitely have more experience than me when it comes to cooking. I I mean I learned mainly from my dad and my brother, because uh, my brother um, works in a works at a supper club. He's been doing that for man, like 10 plus 12 years or something like that. So I'll learn some simple cooking like tips and stuff from him. But um yeah, it, it's a little similar with Kelsey, where like I'll just look in the cupboard, I'll look at a couple things. And then I'll see what we have in the fridge. I'm like, okay, what can I use as a protein? Boom. And then I can kind of find something from there. Um, and then we could typically whip something up. Right now, it, that, that's an awesome talent to have because we're moving. So we're trying to like downsize some of our food, some of our fridge. Like our chest freezer's got quite a bit of meat in there. So we're just like trying to downsize and come up with, with menu items. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Oh, by the way, shout out to you for the sausages.
0: Yeah, I was actually my friend, uh, Ian Hagen in Minnesota works at this. Um, he works. He's been a butcher for like years. Um, and then he gave me some Philly cheesesteak sausages, which I was thinking I'll, I'll give you. Um, I'll have you try those as well, bro. They I had them on Sunday. They're incredible because they got like mozzarella inside of them and or sorry, Ooh. mozzarella. Um <laughs> Mozzarella. mozzarella, um <laughs> yeah they're 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 good man um okay I think there was one question that this is another for everybody um okay this this is probably a typical question that some people uh, and this is to anyone out there whoever's listening I think this is for you too. if you had to eat only breakfast lunch or dinner for the rest of your life which meal and why Nina Lunch and dinner. (laughs) You could use one, lunch or dinner. I mean, um,
1: combining lunch and dinner is great because that's where, I mean, I've heard this statement of breakfast is the most important meal of the day, but sometimes, um, how many times do we drag getting out of bed? Unless you have kids, that's a different situation, right? But as a single family, I I definitely think dinner is one that I would always want to
2: have.
0: I think if, if you were to do process of elim- elimination, let's put it this way. Let's say from a dietary standpoint, if you cut out pork, that's like 80% of all breakfast meals. You know what I mean? Like you got bacon, sausage. Okay, that's not there. You know what I mean? Biscuits and gravy yeah. is typically a sausage gravy. So, like, that's not there. So, really, if you don't eat pork, I'm assuming you're not going to choose breakfast. There are a lot more options in the dinner world. I mean, you have all your pastas and, and stir fries or, or, geez, I don't know, sandwiches, anything. Me, I love mm-hmm. breakfast food. Um, even if you do like a skillet with like potato, like diced potatoes with like a, gosh, maybe like some bacon. And some fresh jalapenos on there, and then like an over easy egg and cheese, and you mix it all together or a breakfast burrito. you tell telling me you're not going to crush a breakfast burrito? You know what I mean? So, you will, for me, but then there's for...
1: going to be pork in it.
0: Exactly. So, let's use turkey sausage. You can use turkey sauce sausage. or turkey bacon? <laughs> turkey bacon is not that bad. Um,
1: it's not, it's not, it's not my go to. No. Pork has more flavor. and. Than... You can do a lot of things with,
0: four. yeah. You
1: know what I'm saying? So,
0: I would almost rather switch that question. You know what? Here, here's a different question: What cuisine of food, if you were if you were to eat one cuisine of food for the rest of your life?
1: South African and Zimbabwe. I'll I'll be honest. Like, it's, it's a lot more conversation in the plate. Mm. Then it is about the whole, I mean, the the part of the experience itself, then it is about like, you know, the technique, yes, is there, but I think the end product itself talks to you more than any other cuisine. I mean, of course, Indian is also another great cuisine, French cuisine, that's it. no. Italian is great. And it's always you always have like lip smacking afterwards, but I definitely will go back home and say Zimbabwean.
0: Okay. I would have to say for me it's gonna be a toss-up between um Mexican and Italian. Mm-hmm. But I can see I don't know. Like I know a lot of people have talked about French cuisine. I'm sorry, but the only thing I can really think of with French cuisine is like croissants. Like if I if I the day that like that I travel to France, I'm hundred percent going to one of the first things I'll eat when I get there is a good traditional croissant. Um it's gotta you're be not incredible.
1: gonna you're not gonna be disappointed.
0: Yeah. You're
1: gonna have you may have another second moment of theory. <laughs>
2: is that it's
1: the art in precision of making responses we saw we saw the process and it's so much different than you see here in the state
2: mm.
1: it's not very very different but like you see the path from the art the love the patience that it takes Is laminated door I think is one of the most challenging art forms to learn but again, also very, very beautiful in the sense of how you can make somebody's day. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. Somebody comes up to you in the morning and says, Hey, I got you something. Or
0: oh, go. Earth cone.
1: You know, like baking, I, I've never really had much patience with baking, but I appreciate the time it takes for the end product to come out. You know what I'm saying? So, like, one of those moments where I'm I'm just like in awe when I see French pastries. Yeah. Mm. Um,
0: there's a gosh, I'm gonna hate that I don't know this name. There's a bakery in um, in Broad actually, and um, it's it's like a small mom and pop shop uh the guy there actually who does does the croissants um he he's a member at the at the boxing gym i go to and and i kind of wish i remembered the name um where you did it's somewhere in broad ripple but i can't i can't <laughs> think of the name of it right now but i don't know that's all i could think of they're, they're really good um otherwise yeah dude i think uh I think it's gonna be it's probably still gonna be Italian. No, it's gonna be Mexican food Ooh. for me. That's what I'm sticking Mexican, to. Yeah. My wife loves Mexican food and Italian and everything that I make. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey man, I um I really appreciate our friendship. I appreciate how we met. I think um it's gotta be appreciate you too, man. I've always appreciated um different cultures and and kind of like, like learning stories and, and meeting people. And I think it was probably something like I, I just noticed and I learned with my dad growing up because um, he worked at um, at 3M in St. Paul, Minnesota. He was in charge of, not in charge, but like he worked in IT a lot and then he eventually moved up. So a lot of um, uh, different people coming and going in IT we're, were from out of the country. And then uh, in St. Paul, there's a lot of different ethnic foods. So like we were always, him and I and well, I guess our family um would always go to different ethnic places, whether it was like Vietnamese, Italian, um, you know, Indian, all these different places. And um it just made me like appreciate different cultures more. So um that's 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 something I really appreciate about. It's just like just meeting you, like learning more about your, your life and everything. So um yeah, yeah dude. I'm, thank thank I'm you. I'm appreciating
1: uh, like all the questions you've had, you know, our first difference for sure still
0: building
1: and stuff yeah. but we still get a lot to learn about each other and I remember when we first when we first met, I think we bonded about the tattoo because <laughs> I just had yeah. my first tattoo. No, my second tattoo just done. Uh, and I was just like man, you got a cool pets, well, bro. Who does the tat? Only to figure out that I my friend who does my tattoo, who start uh-huh. out at. Um, he's a great tattoo artist. Yeah, he's done my first two tattoos that I have right now, and they've been
0: great. Okay, so we're getting a friendship tattoo on our on our on our cheek. (laughs) (laughs) Teardrop, (laughs) teardrop. Um, I I can only see. I can already see Kelsey and
1: Taylor looking in both of us like. Really? You guys just had to do
0: that? Yeah, yeah. I don't think it would. I don't think they would. They like it, but um, yeah, man. I appreciate you on. You can come back anytime. I think next time we could do like we're in the process of moving, so I'm gonna start doing in person, um, recordings. It's just it's just easier and convenient and stuff too. Um, yeah. But or, um, I'll be
1: in Kentucky by then. Remember, because I'm moving.
0: Right. That's right, dog. It's a big yeah. thing. So next time you come back on, you can share about that.
1: For sure. Oh, sure. I'll be more than glad to do that yeah dude. shout out to my wife for letting me do this podcast
0: too, so. <laughs> yeah honestly hey if she's down to be on sometime, I'd love to hear some stories about um you know her profession and everything uh and and you know all all the things that go on there because she she she's got an awesome job and what she does is 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 incredible yeah. so um yeah I'll
1: I'll definitely have to talk to her and hopefully she'll come on and yeah. educate. Like I said this podcast is more education with real conversation, so yep. that's a part of life about
0: that. Then the four of us can go out to eat soon, so um, oh, for sure, yeah. yeah, dude, we're I'm looking uh, forward to that. What's um what's your Instagram handle so everyone can see, you know, how crazy and wild your social media activity is?
1: It's uh, Quincy KZ Okay. On Instagram and uh, Facebook it's is KZC Um I think that's mostly where I'm at.
0: Bro. Nice. All right, dude. Well, hey, man, you okay. have an awesome night. I'll see you at work.
1: I'll see you at work, brother. It's been great being on here. <laughs> uh, appreciate you
2: and appreciate being, being part of the natural. Okay?
0: For sure, man. All
2: right, I'll see you. All right. See you later, bro.